Hey, so I'm in Midtown. Brandon Shields here. Today is Thursday, June the 18th, and I want to welcome you to another episode of our podcast designed to help you practice the way of Jesus in a time of global pandemic and social unrest. Well, this week we've been talking about the importance of self-awareness in practicing the way, and uh, not just self-awareness for the sake of discovery or uh, you know learning kind of who I am, but self-awareness that leads to transformation and, and drives us deeper into a life of loving God and loving other people. And so for the last several days, we've been exploring and unpacking different tools to help us grow in our self-awareness. We looked at um, our life story a couple days ago. Yesterday, we looked at the Enneagram. And today, I want to talk about the importance of mapping out and naming where we find ourselves in um, the spiritual journey and kind of seeing life, seeing our spiritual development as a journey and identifying ourselves, do, engaging in a little spiritual cartography, kind of mapping out the terrain and then uh, locating ourselves in that terrain. And I think it's a very helpful exercise. If you look at kind of the history of how uh, great spiritual writers and authors of the way of Jesus have described our our, um, our growth and development. This idea of, of movement through stages or phases or seasons has a long history in the church. Um, I think of writers like Augustine or Aylred of Raveau, Julian of Norwich, John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, Francis of Assisi, Ignatius of Loyola, um, Soren Kierkegaard. In the 20th century, Evelyn Underhill um, wrote about this as well. And um, kind of uh, academically, we've seen this, I remember studying this uh, in my undergrad and in seminary, uh, one of the most uh, well-known academics to do work on kind of develop, uh, bridging theology and developmental psychology was a guy named James Fowler who developed uh, stage theory, actually. And all kinds of people, Scott Peck, who's a psychiatrist, uh, Pete Scazzaro in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, talks about this. My favorite of these um, is actually a, a paradigm or a framework put together by uh, Janet Hatberg and Robert Gulich about 30 years ago. And it's, a, it's, it's kind of detailed and, and fleshed out in a book called The Critical Journey. And in this book, Critical Journey, they identify uh, these six stages. And so I want to dive into that um, here in just a moment. But I want to first start with a quote from Robert Mulholland in his book, Imitation to Journey, Imitation to a Journey. And he says this about the importance of viewing our spirituality as a journey and not <clears throat> just as a static thing. He says this, when spirituality is viewed as a static possession, the way to spiritual wholeness is seen as the acquisition of information and techniques that enable us to gain possession of the desired state of spirituality. The hidden premise behind all of this is the unquestioned assumption that we alone are in control of our spirituality. When spirituality is viewed as a journey, however, the way to spiritual wholeness is seen to lie in an increasingly faithful response to the one whose purpose shapes our path, whose grace redeems our detours, whose power liberates us from crippling bondages of the prior journey, and whose transforming presence meets us at each turn in the road. In other words, holistic spirituality is a pilgrimage of deepening responsiveness to God's control of our life and being. And I think that's a really important thing to note. This is about responding to God's control of our lives. This is not about some formula or some techniques um, or even like trusting in this framework. This is an attempt to describe and categorize <clears throat> the different aspects of the journey. Um, but in the end, we're, we're trusting God and we're responding to God and seeking to find God in the season in which we 
find ourselves. And so just a couple of notes on this, uh, on these six stages. Um, one is that the stages are fluid. Um, so we can move back and forth between them regularly. We can experience more than one stage at the same time. Um, each, each of the stages kind of builds on the other. Um, and so, you know, you're going to experience these stages differently, but we tend to have a home stage, uh, which is like, um, where we operate most of the time and which kind of characterizes our current life of faith. Um, and it's important to note also that we can get stuck. Um, we can get stuck along the way. We can get bogged down in unhealthy ways, get fixated, preoccupied on certain aspects of the journey um, because we like to be comfortable, right? It's, it's hard to move. It's hard to keep, stay open. We get wounded. Um, we fall into sin patterns. And, um, and so, you know, we're imperfect human beings. And, um, and so we're going to get stuck at times and there are different reasons for getting stuck. Um, but I just want to encourage you, if you feel stuck or you feel like you've been in a season for a while, that sometimes can be a, it can be uh, an, a sign that you need to go and seek out counseling or help or um, really uh, engage in some deep spiritual formation. But other times we just, it's just a natural part of our developmental journey and we need to receive and surrender to God. Oftentimes crisis can be times uh, for movement through these different um, seasons or stages. And so, you know, crises can knock us off balance. They can just kind of displace us or disrupt us. Um, and these are places where God often uses to, to move us and change us. And so, um, let me just describe these. There's six stages, um, that Gulick and Hatberg talk about. Stage one is the recognition of God. Stage two is the life of discipleship. Stage three is the productive life. Stage four is the journey inward, which, uh, involves hitting what they call the wall. Stage five is the journey outward. Stage six is the life of love. And so let me just give you a, a brief kind of description of each of these stages. And then, um, and then I want to just kind of close with some encouragements. Um, stage one is called the recognition of God. This is the stage where God becomes real to us. And for many of us, this happens when we're young, children or teenagers, but this can certainly happen to us as adults as well. It's this discovery, this awakening to the reality of God. And it's characterized by a sense of awe and wonder who God is, um, a sense of our neediness and our dependence and our finiteness, our limit, limitations and our need for um, God and our growing awareness of God and the sense of meaning that God brings into our lives. Um, we often get stuck in this stage. Um, you know, as we, as we become aware of who God is, we also become aware of our own spiritual bankruptcy, um, our own ignorance, and we can just get really preoccupied with that and we can really get uh, bogged down in a sense of our our worthlessness, um, our shame, our guilt, and it can just be overwhelming. And so um, the movement and the real um, need in this stage is to move from our individual encounter with God to finding um, a group, kind of finding a community, um, as well as finding a, a leader who can uh, kind of disciple us and mentor us into uh, the next stage. Stage two is um, called the life of discipleship. And this is really where we, we begin to grow deeper in our understanding of God, in our engagement in community. Um, we move from kind of uh, a sense of meaning and pursuit of meaning to one of belonging. 
we begin to find answers, um, structures, systems, belief systems, and otherwise in uh, kind of the cause that we're a part of, our, our church community, a belief system. Um, usually we kind of, uh, in this season, will rigidly adhere ourselves to a leader or cause or a belief system. And and there can be a lot of pride and arrogance in this this time in our sense of rightness and our security in, our, in these systems. Um, we get stuck in this stage when we get overly rigid in our sense of self-righteousness or rightness. Uh, we can develop like this we, us versus them mentality. Um, uh, we can bounce around from community to community in search of kind of the perfect church or the perfect, you know, kind of doctrinal system. And so the movement, um, from stage two to stage three, uh, the transition begins when we begin to, to pursue, um, our identity and calling and understand our own unique contributions, our spiritual gifts, um, our sense of who God is making us to be our vocation and calling in the world. And we begin to take responsibility for that journey rather than looking to others to define that journey um, for us. And that moves us into stage three. And stage three is what we call the productive, what, what Gulick and Hepper call the productive life. And this is really where we get, to, we get to work for God. We begin to discover who we are, take responsibility for our faith, and we begin to just, man, throw ourselves into the work, serving in the community, serving in the church, teaching classes. Um, we get really zealous for um, the things of God, and we get really busy and productive doing things for God. We get stuck in this stage um, when we become overly zealous, we become overly busy, we schedule ourselves to death, and we grow weary in doing good. We can get self-preoccupied, self-centered, and and really performative in our in our spirituality. We, really, life becomes about doing things for God rather than being with God, and we can often lose ourselves in um, in this season. And we uh, begin to uh, move from stage three to four when uh, we get burned out, when we experience a crisis of faith, when all the certainty of stages one and two begin to give way to greater mysteries, we can feel abandoned, we can feel unsupported, we can get wounded, um, we can feel like nobody sees us or appreciates what we're doing. And that becomes the, uh, the beginning of the movement to to stage four. And stage four is the journey inward where we rediscover God. We move from externally defining our faith to internally defining our faith and through the crisis and what um, John of the Cross calls the wall, we hit the wall. This is a season of, of crisis or um, just confusion or doubt even. Um, and, and he described it as the dark night of the soul that we have to move through. Um, we, we rediscover God and we rediscover in a sense ourselves in reference to God. And um, we can get stuck in the stage by just constantly questioning, by constantly deconstructing, uh, by being consumed with like self-assessment and self-reflection, and we get paralyzed and immobilized. And so the movement from stage four to five begins when we let go of this self-centeredness, when we begin to accept God's greater purposes for our lives, and we begin to seek wholeness through healing and uh, just surrender to God. And, uh, and so that begins to move us to stage five, which is characterized by, uh, it's called the journey outward. And this is really surrendering to God. We have a renewed sense of God's acceptance, a sense of our calling and our vocation that's really aligned with who we are, not with who others think we should be. Um, we begin to uh, care less about our own interests and lay down our own interests 
for others. And we experience this deep calm and stillness and peace. Um, we can get stuck in stage five when we get out of touch with practical cons- the practical concerns of life, um, to maybe overly detached about like important things. Um, and, uh, and so we, we begin to move through from stage five to stage six when, um, when we begin to see God in a deeper way in all of life and really embrace being with God as the primary vocation of our lives. And that moves us to the final stage, which is um, the journey of love, the life of love. And the life of love is really reflecting God in our whole being, right? Like moving from fear predominantly to a life of love and total obedience and wisdom and compassion and detachment, like, you know, in a, in a healthy way from uh, stuff and from stress and just this complete abandonment of ourselves to God. And, um, and this begins to mark the transition really to the last season of our lives um, as we begin to approach death and we begin to approach our full union with God. And so, um, you know, this this is the journey that they describe. I think, I think it's helpful to think of it this way. Um, and I think it's helpful just to have a sense of orientation as we move through life, to see life as a developmental journey that has ups and downs, valleys and troughs, you know, uh, mountain, mountaintops and, and troughs or valleys. And, um, and so I think it can be really important and really helpful for us to just kind of name where we find ourselves in the journey to do the work of reflecting on some of the characteristics of these different seasons, to ask yourself the question, where am I? Am I stuck? What does it look like to move to the next stage? Um, one of the things that can be really helpful in moving from one season to the next is just recognizing that you are stuck, that you are uh, comfortable, that you've uh, become apathetic or indifferent, and uh, and to begin to pray and ask God, God, would you give me a sense of holy discontentment uh, to keep moving forward, to be kind of unhappy about where I am in the best sense of the word, and to continue to move forward, to keep walking, to keep moving, to keep uh, striving towards what God has for us as he moves us through these different seasons. And so naming and mapping your journey can be a really helpful way to um, to just kind of acknowledge this is where I'm at, God, to reach out to others for help. Maybe it looks like counseling. Maybe it looks like mentoring. Maybe it looks like uh, taking a class. Maybe it looks like a pilgrimage or a retreat. Um, there's all kinds of uh, questions that need to be asked and things that need to be wrestled with in these different seasons. But I found there's great comfort and solidarity in being able to name where I'm at on the journey. Like I've been uh, in those seasons of productivity. I've been through those seasons of belonging the seasons of encounter. I'm learning as I feel like now I'm really in this, the journey inward and kind of coming through some different dark nights of the soul, um, which again, these things happen over and over again in, in small ways and big ways. And it's not like you encounter that once and then it's over with. Um, and so I am in myself like right now feeling definitely in this, uh, this journey inward, moving to the journey outward, reemerging with a sense of who I am, who I'm not, who God's calling me to be, uh, and, and really becoming more comfortable in my own skin and my own calling, not needing to mimic or imitate or project an image, uh, but really having a firm sense of who God is, who God's calling me to be, and, and, and then you know, kind of moving towards this journey outward of serving um, and being a more compassionate and loving person. And I found it tremendously helpful just to put some language to that journey. And so I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at is where, wherever you're at is where you are, 
Don't try to be somewhere else that you're not. Don't be ashamed of where you are. Don't be overly ambitious about trying to be in some other season, but just maybe spend some time reflecting this week and today on where God has you. And if you want to do more study, again, The Critical Journey is the name of this book. You can find all kinds of summaries on it online. Um, And uh, if you want to read uh, a little bit more uh, of a kind of simplified version of this Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Pete Scazzaro has a great chapter on this. And so I want to encourage you to do this work, to utilize this tool, and to grow in self-awareness that you might grow deeper in your love for God and your love for his people and for your neighbors and for your family and ultimately even for yourself. And so grace and peace to you as you do this work of self-awareness. I pray that God illuminates your mind, that he encourages your heart and that he continues to move you on the journey and that um, really this is, this is uh, something that moves you deeper into communion with him. So grace and peace to you as you go through the rest of this day.